Morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Well, good. I'm so glad. There are a couple people up on the left. I'm so glad the teenagers are sitting up here in the balcony taking advantage of it. So, no, I haven't been picking on those in the balcony. I love the fact that we have our balcony open. And forgive me, I'm still trying to get used to having all you guys back in the building and also doing live streams. So, just say welcome to all you all, everyone who's worshiping with us online. Welcome to the church at Woodbine. And I would love for us to pray. I want to invite you guys to pray with me. Also for our congregation, we've had several loved ones of various members of our church pass away over the past couple weeks. And I just want to pray for you all, just for Holy Spirit's comfort and that Holy Spirit would move in our hearts. So I want to invite you to please pray with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each and every person who has gathered not only here in this building, but gathered with us all in the city of Nashville, the state of Tennessee, and even in the world as we worship together both in person and online. And Lord Jesus, we praise you that you have opened the way for us to come boldly into the presence of our Father, your Father, our God and our Savior. And Heavenly Father, I pray specifically now for those of us who mourn, who mourn the loss of loved ones who've passed away over the past couple weeks, that you would bring your comfort. Jesus, I praise you that you have experienced life in every way. Every trial, every temptation, you are the great high priest who sympathizes in our weaknesses. You are a man of sorrows. You wept at Lazarus' tomb. And we praise you for the hope of new and eternal life that only you give. And Father, I pray now that you would anoint my words, that I would say only what you want, nothing else. Holy Spirit, move in this place. We praise you, Father, that you are working in our lives, even if we don't see it or feel it, you are always working for the glory of your name. And may each of us surrender ourselves daily to you and follow you as Lord, as Savior for your glory and nothing else. And it's your precious name we pray, Lord Jesus, amen and amen. If you've closed your Bibles, please open them back up to 2 Timothy. We are going through a sermon series, Disciples Multiplying Disciples. And we're looking at 2 Timothy. And forgive me if I say dos Timoteo because I just preached my Spanish sermon in the morning. And sometimes the Spanish comes out. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 is what Lori just read to us. And we're going to look at it. But a quick review. Paul was in prison. And the events of 2 Timothy took place after Acts chapter 28. In Acts chapter 28, like I've said the past couple weeks, Paul was in house arrest. He was released. He traveled all throughout the Mediterranean world, planting churches, starting new works. And when he was in Asia Minor, he was arrested again under the emperor Nero, was put in prison again, but this time it was a dark, dreary dungeon. And he knew that he was going to be executed for his faith. The Lord had given him a sense that his time on this earth was done. And as we see in 2 Timothy, and he said several times, all have abandoned him. All have left him except for Luke. And he asked Timothy, please come and meet with me. Please come so that I can encourage you and you can encourage me. And as Chris talked a lot about the importance of small groups, the importance of brother and sister love in Jesus, where we can encourage one another. Paul and Timothy spent decades together. Serving the Lord, starting new churches. And Paul discipled Timothy. And he longed to see Timothy again. 
And here in chapter two, Paul says in the very first verse of chapter two, he says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We could preach for months on that one phrase, the word strong. What, what comes to mind when you hear the word strong? When you hear the word strong, what, what images come into your mind? For me, it's a football team. It's an army, a tank, a castle, steel, the metal steel. What comes to mind when you hear that word strong? Just think about it. Strong in the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. That almost seems like a dichotomy, no? Grace is a gift we're given. How are we strong in something that we're given and we haven't earned? I've decided I'm going to change careers and I'm going to go into the t-shirt business. About a month ago, I talked about a new word that I had created called praction. Prayer and action. Praction. It's a made up word. I used to get made fun of all the time in Mexico because I'd make up all these Spanish words that didn't exist. Praction. Prayer and action. And some dear friends, the Roms, made me this t-shirt. Praction. We ought to make t-shirts. Church of Woodbine logo, Praction. Do you praction in your life? Prayer with action, with obedience. There was a phrase I saw years ago. It said, stay calm and carry on or pass it on. There's another one I'd like to put on there. Be strong and pass it on. Put a logo up there with like the cross of thorns. Be strong and pass it on. We're going to look today what Paul is going to talk about. He tells Timothy basically two things. Say two. Two. Man, even in COVID, no one likes to sit here in the middle. That's unbelievable. I might make everybody sit here so that way I can look right at those who are watching online and don't have to keep doing this and that. Be strong and pass it on. That's what Paul is commanding Timothy in this passage right here. Here in verse 1, as we saw, be strong and pass it on. Look at what he says here. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How can you be strong in God's grace? Do you know what grace is? Grace is a gift that is given to you that you haven't earned or worked for or even deserve. That is grace. Mercy, to not be confused with mercy. Mercy is to withhold a punishment that you deserve. God has poured his grace upon us. He's also showered his mercy upon us. They go hand in hand. It's like a coin with two sides. But grace is a gift that God gives to us that we haven't earned or deserved. How many of you have a hard time receiving a gift? I do. I struggle with it. I struggle when people give me things for free. I just do. Why is that? What's well, pride? For me, it's pride. I want to feel like I earned it, like I deserved it, like I worked for it. But God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Be strong in the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. What is that? Well, think about it. There's several verses. We know one, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We can repeat it like the Lord's Prayer. 
But there's also several other verses. Romans 8, 31 and 32, it's a powerful verse where Paul is saying this to the Romans. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? If he who did not give up or spare his one and only son, but offered him up to us all, how much more will he not also grant us all thanks? Now I'm quoting a different version. But think about it. God, our father, he gave us his son, his only son, Jesus, to take our punishment, to shed his blood on the cross. And if he's given us his son, his most precious person in his life, the father, son, and Holy Spirit loved and loved each other for all eternity. We're in perfect unity and relationship forever. It's the Trinity. And don't ask me to explain it. It'll take eternity. But when we get to heaven, we'll say the most common word in heaven. Wow. Because our eyes will be open and we'll see God for who he is and all of his glory and power and majesty. And we'll be overwhelmed. We will be so overwhelmed with God's greatness and goodness. We'll stand and marvel and just worship and praise. We don't come and just do worship. We don't just come and sing songs, but we worship the one who is worthy of all praise and glory and honor. And this being, this heavenly father gave us his one and only son who took our sin and he, gave, he gives us grace and mercy and new life and eternal life. And as Paul reflected on that in the book of Romans, he says, if he's already given us his one and only son, how much more will he give us? What's the answer? Everything. He'll give us everything that he has. We are his sons and his daughters. And that should excite us more than anything. But my fear is we live in such a time and culture where we're, we still want to be entertained that the great truths of Scripture sometimes become boring, boring. But think about it. If God has already given us his son, how much more will he give you? He will give of himself over and over and over. There's a second verse in Romans, Romans 5, 8, where it says, even when we were yet sinners, God demonstrates his own love for us, that even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Think about it. How hard is it for you to forgive those who've offended you? How hard is it for you to like someone who has hurt you or rubbed you the wrong way or who's annoying, who has deceived you? How hard is it for you, for us, for me included, to love those who've offended us? Look at the hate and vitriol that is going on in our culture today. And many of our people have much right, have deep rights to want to be hurt and angry and offended. But in our culture today, I hear very little about reconciliation and forgiveness. And we have a God of great reconciliation. Even when we were his enemies, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Grace. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21. This is a powerful verse. He made the one who did not know sin. To what? To be sin for us. God not only poured his wrath upon Jesus, according to this verse, he made Jesus to become, to be sin. 
so that we could be forgiven. Think about it. How do we be strong in God's grace? Right here, verse 1 of 2 Timothy 1. Be strong in the grace that we find in Jesus Christ. First and foremost, our eyes of our mind and of our heart have to be continually focused on Christ and his great sacrifice and who he is, his life and his work, his death and resurrection on the cross. And we need to give ourselves over and over and over to him. Not to be saved again, but we need to continually remind ourselves of who he is and stand in his presence, sit in his presence, meditate on his presence and what he did, his sacrifice on the cross. His blood forgives all sin. One of my greatest fears that I'm sensing with COVID, I feel like we're all becoming peanut M&Ms where our hearts are beginning to create a very hardened shell around us about the things of Jesus and the things of God and his goodness and his grace. One of my greatest fears, and I'm seeing it happen because of the great isolation, we're becoming so self-consumed about our own lives and what we're going through that we're beginning to shrivel. And we're beginning to become like a raisin instead of an incredibly ripe grape. I kind of like raisins. I can't stand grapes. But if you're a grape lover, when they get old and dry and shrivelly. And in order for our hearts to flow with an incredible love for who God is and his great glory and his great mercy, our eyes have got to be fixed upon Jesus. Our eyes have got to be fixed upon the cross and his great grace and his great mercy. And the only way we can be strong in that grace is to truly understand how much God has saved you from your own sin. And we need to remind ourselves of that, not just us doing it to ourselves, but we need to remind ourselves how much God loves us. That old, old story of how my Savior died on glory. And we need to walk in incredible humility. And as Paul continues the second second part of this sermon, pass it on. What does Paul tell Timothy right here in verse 2? What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Now think about it. Timothy has been with Paul for decades. Timothy met Paul when he was a little boy. Timothy's mother and grandmother were already Christians, and they were some of the first believers in the church in Ephesus when Timothy was just a little kid. Maybe 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. We don't know. The second time around when Paul came back a few years later, Timothy was a youth, and he was highly spoken of. To Paul, oh man, Timothy, you need to take Timothy. He's this amazing young man. He needs to go with you. So Paul takes Timothy, and for years, Timothy travels with Paul, starting churches, planning churches, working. I will tell you now, the 20 years that I have had living in Mexico, and I'm sorry that I keep always bringing up Mexico, but I have friends and some missionary friends of mine where I, who I haven't seen in decades And if they were to walk in here, we would embrace and cry with joy and we would pick right back up where our friendship was. Because we endured so much together on the field, that deep relationship of intimacy with your brothers and sisters. So I share that because it's starting to happen with me, with many of you now here at Woodbine. It's five years now and there are some of you who I love deeply and I know you love me. You express it and you show it. 
And I can imagine that many of us have friendships, deep friendships, where we would die for one another. Paul and Timothy were that way in this friendship, this godly biblical relationship of an older man and a younger man serving the Lord together. So because when we hear about teach, it's not just classroom, but it's a lifestyle of showing and making disciples. And Paul is telling Timothy, everything that you've heard from me, pass it on. Pass it on to faithful men, faithful people, men and women. Pass it on to those who are trustworthy, who can also teach and pass it on. Be strong and pass it on. Be strong and pass it on. Paul then goes on to this amazing example in verse 3 through 7. And we'll go quickly, but Paul talks about soldiers, athletes, and farmers. I got some pictures I want to show. Just a visual of a soldier. When you think of soldiers, now he's got some pearly whites. That's got to be some doctoring on that picture there. But when we see soldiers and we see when they get victory, and if you've ever been in the army and you know what it's like, the training, the stress, the struggle, And when we see soldiers standing at attention all dressed up in their uniforms, many times we forget the training they go through. Or we see the Olympic athlete. I was so bummed that the Olympics were canceled this past summer. Next summer is going to be great, Lord willing. But you see when the runners run through the tape and the joy and the glee they have, especially for the winner. But we don't see the incredible sacrifices they make of the discipline and the hard work and the self-sacrifice getting up early and training and eating right. And you see, just I'm not doing any type of um, promotion in Colorado. You see these two crossing the tape. And so we see the soldier, the athlete. The third one is the farmer. And Paul talks about here how the farmer deserves to receive the first fruits of the harvest. And we see how hard they work with these farmers. This one here with the crops. You can continue to go, Sean, with the next one. And then my favorite is this next picture, these two farmers right here. It's amazing. Can you read the quote? Been farming long? Three examples. And then Paul says here, and let's look at verse verse 7 right here. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding And everything. Paul commands Timothy, be strong. Be what? Be strong. In the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Pass it on. Give it over. Teach faithful men and women who can then pass it on. A new t-shirt, like I said, just like Praction. Be strong. And pass it on. Pass what? The gospel. He gives two, three incredible examples. Soldier, athlete, farmer. And then he says, consider these things that I'm telling you. We have homework for this week. Meditate on the example of soldier, athlete, and farmer. How do those three 
lifestyles, careers, examples relate to the Christian life. Let Holy Spirit be your teacher this week. And then Paul, the last several verses, but we'll stop. Paul goes back into the gospel. Remember, consider Jesus Christ, descendant of David, risen from the dead. It starts and it ends first and always the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where we're commanded to be strong and pass it on. So in closing, I have three questions for you. For those of you joining us online, three questions. My first question is this. How is Jesus working in your life today? How is Jesus working in your life today? The second question is this. Chris talked a lot today about small groups. Who is discipling you? Who have you humbly gotten under, like Timothy getting under Paul, and allowing someone to pour into you, to disciple you, to encourage you, to call you on the carpet when you're walking in sin or spiritual lethargy, to call you out, to get in your face, like a sergeant to a private, like a trainer to the athlete? Who are you willfully humbling yourselves and getting under? And then the third question is this, who are you discipling? Who are you pouring your life into discipling? All of us are called to be disciple makers. My greatest fear is that we are like mosquitoes or we're like, two, like a bunch of ticks and no dog. What do mosquitoes and ticks do? Suck the life out. Never give back. We need to allow, we need to come before our Heavenly Father and worship Him and give all that we are to Him. He'll give back. Absolutely. We need to humble ourselves and get under others and let them pour into us and let them speak into our lives. But then everything we receive from our Heavenly Father, we need to give away. So let's stand. Worship team, come on up. But meditate on those three questions. Let's make a t-shirt where we be strong. And we pass it on. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this incredible day. Jesus, there is no one like you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you willfully and humbly obeyed your Father. You became obedient even to the point of death on a cross so that we could be forgiven so that we could be healed, so that we could have new life. And Jesus, I pray that you would break the shells of self-centeredness and even of tired and being weary. Lord Jesus, we've been shaken, and I think much of the shaken the past five months, it is from your hand. And Jesus, may we open our hands open to you, May we bow the knee to your will and to your way. And as we're commanded here, may we be strong in your grace, Lord Jesus. And may we pass on what you have given us. May we pass it on to others. 
And we ask these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.